This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, but of course, YouTube. And hit the notification bell so you know every single time we go live or post a video. And in this episode, oh my God, Clippers, Mavericks, and then a little bit of Lakers versus Suns. And I'm not going to lie, I was so dazed by the Clipper game that I could barely focus on Lakers-Suns. So, Laker fans, apologies. I'm only going to be able to really give you a lot in the fourth quarter. And, man, Friday night, I blew so much I blew so, so much money last week in Austin, Texas, when I was visiting my friends. Some of my friends from college moved down there, so I didn't go out this weekend. So, I get to bring you a Friday night live, the rare Friday night live. And, oh, boy. You know, people were tagging me on Twitter left and right, talking about I was right and this and that. No, I wasn't right because it's only been three games. And even though I see the writing on the wall and I saw the writing on the wall when we made the move, you still can't fully judge it after three games. You know, I've been watching basketball too long to say that you just got to write it off that it's going to be a disaster after three games. The thing I'm very confident about and I've always been confident about is that this move does not put us over the top of Denver. People might argue that our team before didn't put us over the top of Denver. And you know what? You are probably right. But the reasons why, here's why I thought our team was better. Because the way we had our team, every single person that was getting rotation minutes not only had a defined role, but they had the role that best suited who they are as a basketball player right now. So like Bones Highland was a backup point guard. His job was to come off the bench, give us some spark plug minutes in terms of scoring, be a passable defender, handle the ball and pick and roll and improve in that regard, and get downhill a bit, improve the pace of our team that we sorely lacked last season. He was doing that. He was fantastic before he made the move. Norman Powell... See, the problem with Norman Powell is you put him in the starting lineup, he tends to press because he doesn't think he's going to get as many shots. Now he's worried he's not going to get as many minutes, so he's in there just trying to attack, 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 and he's not really, you know, he, he has tunnel vision at anyway, but now he's really pressing, and like in tonight's game, he just, now it looks like he has no role on this team, right? And he, last year he was in a six-man-of-the-year conversation, highest-scoring player off the bench. And then you talk about Paul George, who... You know, what we're really realizing is how much of a disappointment he can be for the talent that he possesses, which we already know, but his deficiencies don't come in the skill department. He always is looking for a way out of things, a way out of responsibility. Like, when we put this team together, this is what really pisses me off. When we put this team together... We felt we could win the championship with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as our two stars, and then we surround them with role guys. And in 2021, everyone said if Kawhi was healthy, everyone on this side said if Kawhi was healthy, we would have won the chip. So the only logical thing to do 
is give Kawhi and Paul another chance when they're healthy. They haven't been able to stay healthy. I was saying that that's why we shouldn't have gone Russ. Give them a chance when healthy before making a big move. But Paul George wanted Russ. Remember before the 2020-2021 season, he said that he was being used like a J.J. Redick, like a spot-up shooter? That's what he said on all the smoke. That Doc Rivers, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I almost had a slip up there. Glenn Rivers was using him as a spot-up shooter coming off screens. That was like a little bit of bullshit. But the thing is, Ty Lue gave him the ball more, and he became more of a pick-and-roll ball handler. For the Clippers. And was actually doing pretty well. Granted, Paul George is going to have his stupid turnovers. He's not necessarily a very good pick and roll ball handler. He's just good enough. He's a guy that's improved over the course of his career. But he still is a very shaky passer. Um, especially just terrible live ball turnovers that can alter the momentum of games. However, he was unbelievable in that 2021 run. He proved a lot of people wrong. And we haven't given Kawhi Leonard and Paul George a chance in the playoffs. But Paul George wanted Westbrook. He brought him in because he said now he doesn't want to handle the ball that much. So now he's switching up. Now he doesn't want to handle the ball that much. So at this point, I'm like, what do you want? And then we found Westbrook coming in, made him better. We saw that it was the perfect role for him. He got a little bit of that on-ball responsibility taken away from him. He got some easier off-ball points, just coming off screens and such and getting hit right in the pocket. And then he still got the opportunity to be on the ball. It was the perfect balance for him. But now what we have is James Harden coming in. And James Harden, you know, we've he's already sacrificing a lot. You know, he's already sacrificing a lot. He hasn't been shooting much. He hasn't been handling the ball as much as he normally would. And Paul George, you know, went from the game against the Nets. He shot a bunch in the first half. Then he didn't shoot in the second half. In the previous game against the Knicks, he shot 11 shots, was 2 for 11. This game, Kawhi was the one with Harden that got aggressive in the first quarter, and they looked good. And then Paul George and Russ. I mean, Paul George had one of those typical games where he just shot a bunch of jump shots, no easy baskets. But again, it just he called himself a glue guy after the game. Because you know why? Because Paul George had to guard Kyrie Irving, and Westbrook had to guard Luka to start the game. That's not necessarily ideal. But again, that's what this trade did. It took away more guys that could guard. Now you're starting these four guys. And my my whole issue with it was that those four guys want to start. And that's what people aren't understanding. They don't realize the human aspect of this, of this shit. They underestimated that. Russ did not come to the Clippers to come off the bench. He left the Lakers because he wanted to be a starting point guard somewhere, and the Clippers gave him that opportunity, asked for him on TV, and all of a sudden he's having the most fun he's had in years, smiling ear to ear, energizing the building. I can tell you because I'm always in the building. I'll be there on Sunday. And now we bring in a guy that's just taking the ball out of his hands, and now Westbrook doesn't even know how to act. Now he's acting like a spaz. You see how many shots he took when he was in that line? So let me just give you the substitution patterns for talking about this game. The Clippers started out really solid, actually, the first couple of minutes. They were really good defensively. They were blitzing Luka, so no drop coverage. They were blitzing Luka, forcing the ball out of his hands, and scrambling really well. Getting out, running guys off the line, everybody, from Harden to Zoo. Kawhi and Harden showed out. You knew Kawhi was going to be aggressive because there's been so much talk about how much he sacrificed. He shot 16 shots 
in both of the games. One game he was 7 for 16. The other he was, or was it, I think it was 8 for 15 and 7 for 15. He shot 15 shots in each. And we knew, you know, especially Kawhi against Dallas, he was going to be aggressive. And he was awesome in the first quarter. Had an N1, two mid-ranges. There was one possession really early where he ran a little pick and roll with James Harden. And he got Kyrie on the switch. Put him in the post. Easy mid-range. So, that was a bucket. Kawhi started great. And then Harden. We talked about the fact that he was uncomfortable shooting the catch-and-shoot three against Brooklyn. And he has been over the you know, course of the last couple of years when I've seen him do it. Or when I've seen him play, I should say. And he let them fly, both of them from the right wing in that first quarter, and drained them both. Got into a little bit of his pick-and-roll bag. Got a little floater going. Got to the free-throw line. And he was actually playing some good defense. You saw a little double drag, good amount, with Kawhi uh, popping out and Zoo rolling to the basket. Some really nice passes. So Kawhi and Harden in that first quarter were hooping. And everyone was playing solid 1v1d. Russ's defense on Luka was pretty good. But I have to say about Russ, he came out at the 738 mark. So we have tinkering tie. Another reason why I didn't want this trade is because now we're back to tinkering tie. Now we're back to adjustment period. Now we're back to we got to make it work. We got to figure it out. That's what I meant by the vibes. People have really got confused with this vibes thing. And then, you know, Law Murray's tweet about the vibes were a smoke and some vague-ass tweet that nobody understood. Um, I don't even know what he was saying. Like, okay, so let's just say the vibes weren't all that, right? Because everybody was saying Kawhi is talking so much more. The clips look so fun. The guys look like they're having such a great time. Like the pressure's been lifted because no one's talking about them. And so now he's saying the vibes may have not been great in Temecula or whatever. I heard contrary from someone else that was also there. But regardless of whether the team loves each other in a super kumbaya or if it's just PR, the actual on-court basketball fit was really good. We just lacked maybe one big forward to solidify our front court. Like, let's not make this rocket science. The reason why people wanted Harden is because they don't trust Westbrook, which I understand. But then just, make, just say that we should fucking trade him. Like, just be like be honest. You think he's going to go to the bench. He did not come here for that. And quite frankly, why should he? He's made our team better. That's See, that's controversial, like, apparently, because we were only 4-5 and five before Paul George got hurt. But that's another thing. Listen to what I just said. We had rattled off four wins in a row, and then Paul George hurts himself against Lou Dort. And now we never got to see Paul George, Kawhi, and Westbrook play with each other again. And in the summer, all of a sudden, we're not good enough. But apparently, we were good enough going into the 2023 season with Reggie and Senior. But now with Westbrook and a better backup, we basically replaced John Wall and Reggie with Bones Highland and, and Westbrook. So, I mean, come on. And we had, we had K.J. Martin, and now we're playing Robert Covington. So people were saying, oh, losing Nico Batum and Robert Covington wasn't a big deal because Nico's about to retire and Robert Covington was getting DNPs last year. You're talking about the future with Nico, and then you're talking about the past with Rocco. What about the fucking now? Robert Covington was playing well. I'm just going up on my IC, right? Here's the problem. Last season, everybody wanted to say I was being so negative early. I was overreacting from the first four games. No, I saw bad habits. I saw a team that didn't understand that they had an easy schedule and they didn't take advantage of it. So I knew they weren't serious. 
This season, they were talking all summer long about being serious. Paul George on his bully shit. The whole vibe has flipped after this trade. The whole vibe. The whole mentality of the team. The way they're talking. This is bullshit. We don't have the time. The West is too good. You saw Dallas tonight. You know what happened? They were just hot. And the Clippers don't have the chemistry yet, right? But it's more than they were just hot. They're starting to build great habits. Because you know what they did? They realized they had that adjustment period last year when they got Kyrie. They were ass, right? They had no defensive pieces around them. So now this summer they go out, they get Grant Williams. And now Derek Jones Jr. Look at the way he defended Paul George tonight. Did a great job. They had a lot more length, size, athleticism, and were playing at a much faster pace than I've seen Dallas play in the Luka era. And Derek Lively, he can really run the floor, and he's athletic. Much better starting option in my eyes than Dwight Powell. So the Clippers, now they're starting to get run off the floor. When we started missing shots, that, that second quarter was, was a disaster. Let me, let me tell you about this lineup that Ty was running. Now we have Tinkle Ty again. We had serious Ty, man. We had serious Ty because his, his job wasn't that hard. He started, when I saw that announcement that he was starting Terrence Mann, I knew it was going to be different. And by the way, going back to what I was saying about my overreactions early in the season, well, guess what? What I was seeing this season were good habits. And I wouldn't just be bullshitting to you because you know I tell it straight. I keep it 100. We looked good. I don't care that what ass teams we were playing. The Magic aren't ass, by the way. We were playing well because the team brought the best out of everyone and forced everybody to be great. It gave everybody the proper workload. I know it's going to take time, but what we have now is a weird mix. We have a weird mix. Oh, man. It's just a weird mix of talent, guys. It's just a weird mix of talent. Westbrook and Harden. So what we're really seeing is they're just not good on the court together. But everybody wanted to tell me, did you see them in Houston? Yeah, I fucking saw them in Houston four years ago. I did see them in Houston. And you know what? Oh, my God. These people, man, they don't get it. They don't get what time it is, my friends. Anyway, so basically, hold on one second, guys. One second. Basically, Westbrook and Harden, the problem is those people aren't realizing that we have two better players on this team. How many times did I have to fucking say it? How many times did I have to say it? So the shot distribution is going to get weird because the problem is Kawhi and Paul George aren't like on some fuck you, I'm going to get my shots type shit. You know, Kawhi sometime, he may get to that point, but it's not going to happen right away. They're not that type of personality. So they're going to try to let Harden and Russ do their thing. But then it's going to take away from them. They don't know how to act now. Westbrook is spazzing. That lineup he had when it was, by the way, listen to this lineup. P.J. Tucker, Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, Norman Powell, and Russ. That lineup can't guard. Let me tell you what it was. 26 to 19 when PJ Tucker and Norman Powell came in for Kawhi and Zoo. That was at the 228 mark of the first quarter. By the time Zoo came back in, it was 39-33 Mavs. 939 to go in the second. And then after that, they proceeded to go on a 33-4 run. All of Kawhi's shots were short. Paul George couldn't hit a jumper. Russell Westbrook was just. There were so many one-pass possessions in that weak, weaker lineup. But still, Russ has got to move the ball. Can't just come up and start going one-on-one without one pass. That's just a totally... The defense doesn't have to work. You're not getting anyone involved. It's like, just because Harden's here now doesn't mean you have to, like, chuck. Like, just because you're in that lineup doesn't mean you have to chuck. Bones Highland and Norman Powell can still do a little bit with the ball in their hands. 
And then Norman Powell, as I said, he's just pressing now because he's like, oh, I don't know how many minutes I'm going to get. 33-4 to four run. The Mavs were taking advantage of us in transition. We were cross-matched a lot, and we were smaller than them, period. They're get, killing us on the glass. They're getting into the paint whenever they want. And then we just got to talk about Luka. Luka clearly, we know how it goes when it comes to the Clippers. By the way, shout out to the Super Chat. Larry Brown says, Harden will adjust. Paul George is the odd man out. I say trade him to the Raptors and get OG and Chris Boucher. Uh, I don't know about that, Larry Brown. Shout out to the great Larry Brown, best Clipper coach ever. Um, I don't know about that because why would we want to trade Paul George? I would much rather trade either Harden or Russ. I don't think Paul is the odd man out. But anyway, let's, I mean, it's just Paul George, he needs everything to be right for him, it seems. He needs everything to be right, go his way, have the right balance, and, and this clearly isn't it. Uh, I don't know about the conversation about going to the bench. Harden shot three shots for the remainder of the game after that first quarter. It's like even he's not getting to do his thing. Like it's just a it's just a joke. And then James Harden's defense, it's good for like a quarter, I've noticed. And then after that, it just falls off a cliff. He can't stay in front of anybody. And mainly his off-ball defense. He gets lost off the ball. There were a couple times Derek Jones Jr. cut to the basket and Harden was nowhere to be seen. He gets tired. Ty Lue even said after the game that he can't play Harden without a big because he can't trust him and switch everything lineups, basically to guard. I mean, come on, man. We When you take away Robert Covington from the starting lineup and he's actually playing well and you replace him with James Harden, it's just a different look as a defense. Like, you had three guys that were 6'7 and over. Covington has a 7-foot wingspan. And then Russ is your worst defender of those five starting. Then you have Nico off the bench, who I thought was cooked. Then I watched him in the Olymp uh, I'm sorry, in the FIBA, and he was guarding SGA, and he wasn't even doing that bad. And then he was looking pretty solid defensively to start this season. I think the real problem with Nico was he can't be your best guy at that spot. And I think that was our issue last season. If he's a backup, I think he can still do it. People are like, he's going to retire. Okay, he's going to retire. Is he still good now? Can he help us now? Yes, he can. So he's helping Philly, and they're rolling right now. Absolutely rolling. Because you know what they have? Two stars, a guard and a big. Maxi probably be an all-star this year, the way it's going. Tobias, very solid third option, as we know here from his time in Clipperland. And you have a bunch of dogs off the bench. Philly, uh, Pat Bev, Kelly Oubre. Now you got Nico, and you got Rocco. I mean... Larry Brown says, thank you for the super chat, says, Paul has the most value. Kawhi is still unreliable. You're talking about health? Because if you are, sure. And see, that's another thing, right? We had a healthy team. That's another thing about this season that's different. Kawhi and Paul George healthy from day one, and they looked it. I'm a huge, if it ain't broke, don't fix it guy in my life. Huge. I live by that. And see, a lot of people want to say that it was broke. So... You just don't trust Westbrook. That's really what it comes down to. Because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I mean, their health, yes, is, is a concern. But their health is a concern whether Harden's here or not. You've got to look at what it did to our team. We don't have any size in the front court anymore. And now that Mason's out, it just makes things so much worse. We need to pick up a backup big tomorrow. Tomorrow. Because Ty, I mean... 
our line. Then we had Musa Diabate coming at the end of the you know third quarter, the last two minutes, fifty five seconds, and you know, he's trying his best. But Luca, he was just cooking us. I mean, in every way, shape, or form, nobody could guard him. He was getting in the paint. He was in the floater. He was in the step back. The three ball, it was ridiculous. I think Kyrie was cooking us. We had no answer for him. And you know the other guys on Dallas, they just have a much better supporting cast now. So they'll be a tough out. Absolutely destroyed. And we never could find a rhythm really after that. It was just a joke. It felt like we basically just gave up. We're just confused. We're playing against a team that just knew each other better and is starting to build the chemistry it takes to do great things. We were on the same track, it felt like. I know people are going to say it was just a couple of games, but that's all it takes sometimes to ignite something, man. Winning is contagious. Right now you can just see the team is in a funk. They don't know each other. On the court, they're confused. It's, it's just all over the place. And, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was right yet. I'm not. It's only been three games. But every fucking thing that I thought was going to happen is happening. People are just unsure of their roles. The defense is, is, is garbage compared to before. We have no size in the front court. Our defensive versatility is gone. Our, our whole pushing. the like We just had a whole way of doing things in training camp, and then we switched it up on a dime. And we have no time. We have no time. Now we're putting Ty Lue in a position that he needs to get things right. And we already know that he's a little bit sus after last season. He had an easier job before this deal. It's just, we'll be, oh, I think we'll still be okay in terms of like playoffs, but we're not, we're not even close to Denver. We got no chance of beating them. Zero. Something has to happen. Something has to happen. And I just don't fuck with it. I knew getting. Harden would be a ridiculous move. I don't understand why, even if it ends up working out decently, unless we win the championship or go to the finals, like, you can't tell me that I was wrong. Like, and I was I was just being, everyone's, all these people just getting real, real, real fucking personal. Talking about, oh, you don't know ball, you're a casual. I just don't get it, how you can see that, you know, how anyone can see that this team is good enough and all that. Like, dude, Harden, when did anyone say that when we had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard healthy that we weren't a good offensive team? Like that we weren't getting good shots? Only people said that in crunch time. But the same criticism is made of the Celtics in crunch time. Because they have their best players are, the, are two score-first wings. That No team has ever won a championship with that kind of combo. Score-first wings that aren't great playmakers. But we're, this is a new era, right? So we're rolling the dice with that. Kawhi and Paul, they're doing it with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Everyone says our role players weren't good enough. How can you assess how good the role players are when your stars are never healthy to put them in their proper roles? They're all being asked to do more than they need to do. So I just think we didn't even let it breathe. Give it 10 games. Where was Harden going? Ridiculous. It's just not the guy. Like you didn't. I always said that it wasn't about Paul George and Kawhi, this move. It was about how much it was going to hurt Russ. People were like, fuck Russ. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. So that's all I have to say. It's only three games. We got a game against Memphis this Sunday. And, I mean, I think we're going to win, right? It's a 12-30 game. I'll be there. You'll get a vlog. It'll be James Harden's first game as a Clipper. And if you want to ask how I'm feeling about James Harden, like, he's trying his best. But he's not good at defense, man. He's James. He's not going to change. He's James Harden. He can't change the way he plays. Like, no, I never wanted him on this team. Man, get him out of here. Get the fuck out of here, Plumber Jim. He's playing not bad, though. Like, he's really not playing bad. So, like, I kind of feel for him in a way. 
We're not a charity, though. Like, Westbrook, ugh. I hate, like, just Russ is very stubborn. But, like, at the end of the day, he, his, we were the, the, I saw a stat that Kawhi, Paul, and Russ were the best trio in the league net rating-wise before the deal. You should have just let him rock, man. Surrounded by a bunch of good defenders, build our identity around being a top defensive team, creating defense and offense, and playing more of a mid-post offense around our best players. And now we wanted to fuck it up. Lawrence Frank deserves. I want him gone. I want him gone now. If this does, if we don't get to the at least the conference finals, honestly. And Bomber, I heard that Bomber was really pro this move, and he needs to take serious accountability as well if it doesn't work out. Because they just think they're just getting the shiny new toys. Because we're the Clippers. We want to spice things up and be the talk of the town and compete with the Lakers. It just feels like you're, you're, you're skipping the steps that are necessary to win championships. You want to talk about, oh, historically, teams that get a top three seed win. I understand getting Harden was, uh, was in large part due to the regular season and helping us get a top three seed. But you need to still build chemistry. And it's all about what your team looks like at, at its ceiling. And I think at its ceiling, having Russ and Harden together, it just makes things weird and complicated. Whereas just if you just remove one of them, it's addition by subtraction. It really is. And Russ, I mean, he had already gotten a chance to blend with this team. And, and quite frankly, me, my personal basketball mind, I think Harden is better. But I would rather have Russ on my team. If I were the coach, I would much rather have him. Because he just does the little things to me. Like, I still haven't said good hustle Harden since he's joined the Clipper. I've said he's trying. He's so much better with the ball in his hands in the half court. That's a fact. Harden is. But I love what Russ brings to the table. The big rebound. You know, in a 3-for-17 game, I think Russ helps you more than Harden. If either of them go that like, you know, that bad from the field, Harden has the playmaking aspect, but Russ has the defense. When Russ is locked in on defense, he can be really good still. We saw that in the playoffs. We saw that the first couple of games of this season. And then that's another issue, right? You're asking our stars to defend too much. Paul George guarding Kyrie to start the game. Russ guarding Luka. You know, everybody, Harden, let, let, by the way, I tracked all of Luka's buckets in terms of how he scored. Let me tell you. And by the way, Zubats, another game of just can't catch the ball, not really that commanding a presence. But the point of attack defense is a bigger problem. You know, Luka had 15 straight points in the third. He was literally clowning us, and then we just gave up, and that was that. The Clippers got outscored. The Clippers got outscored 47 to 18 in the second quarter. 47 to 18. That's ridiculous. Almost 50 points in the quarter. And then 38 points for each team in the third. 38 points allowed is crazy. Then we outscored them in the fourth, 37-29. But none of our big four played. Disaster. We were turning the ball over too much as well. This team is a joke. Zubats has been awful. Let's read the lines. We should buy the yeah, we should we need to. Take a guard out of the rotation. I'm sorry, Bones. It's just, it's just how it has to happen. It's sad. Terrence Mann looked pretty good tonight, though, I will say. 11 points, 6 rebounds, 3 dimes on 5 for 8 shooting in 29 minutes. 1 for 3 from deep. His 3 ball hasn't come around just yet. Norman Powell was 0 for 1. He had a donut in 11 minutes and was minus 35, the worst on our team. Jesus. His presence just feels redundant now, too. Bones Highland played 29 minutes. His stat line actually looked pretty good. He was actually a positive in the plus minus, which is hilarious that anybody could be in the positive after losing 144 to 126. 144 is so nasty. 17 points, four boards, six assists, and a steal. 
on five for nine shooting, one for five from three, and six for six from the foul line for Busy. Musa Diabate had a double-double. 11 points, 10 rebounds, 7 offensive rebounds. Maybe Musa's the new Reggie Evans. 4 for 6 from the field. P.J. Tucker played 6 minutes, had a donut, and was minus 20. Garbage. And then we have Zoo, who had 12 points and 8 boards to go along with 2 blocks on 5 for 9 shooting. Just not good enough. Russ had 14 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals. Two turnovers on 5-for-11 shooting. Only shot 1-3. It's crazy. He finished 5-for-11, but he didn't feel efficient at first. I think he made shots as the game went on. But I don't think he was that good. I think he was making bad decisions, and he was ball-hogging. James Harden, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 turnovers on 3-for-6 shooting, and 2-for-3 from deep. 6-for-6 six six from the line. Had one good quarter, and after that, he's not good at defense. And he wasn't that aggressive, and he's not very good off the ball. Unfortunate. <laughs> very unfortunate. So we need, I mean, we're going to need to see James Harden be a little more aggressive. He's going to want to be maximized with this team. And then we have Paul George, who's just been dog shit since we got Harden. Eight points, three, eight points is insane. Three rebounds, two assists, three for 12 shooting, and one for seven from deep. This man went from before the trade, he was the bully. And now he's the one being bullied, getting the shit kicked out of him. Why did this guy, why did these guys sign off on this? Did they not think that this could happen? They just think that they're going to out talent teams with the names that they have, even though like it doesn't, it's not just 2K. Like I don't get it, especially Westbrook, man. He should have learned from that Laker experience, having another ball handler with him. Takes away what he does well. He had the perfect role. And he's because he's boys with Harden. Ah. Kawhi, he was efficient. 26 points on 8 for 15 shooting. 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 turnovers. 29 minutes of play. I mean, he was good. But, like, his defense is not as good as it used to be. Everyone was getting cooked. Let me just tell you, Luka had 44 points. I don't even know if he – yeah, he played actually in the fourth quarter a little bit. 44 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Listen to this one. 17 for 21. 17 for 21. That's insane. 6 for 9 from 3. Wow. He killed us. And then Kyrie had 27 points on 8 for 19 shooting, 5 for 9 from 3, 6 for 6 on the line. Just an awesome game for him. And they got 17 from Tim Hardaway Jr., 11 from Jaden Hardy, 11 from Derek Jones Jr. It's just an all-around really good performance by Dallas. So the Clippers, I mean, I think one win can really change these things. You win against Memphis, then you got Denver next. So it's very tough, man. The West is going to be tough. You don't really have time to figure it out. The fact of the matter is the Clippers are just puny. They're tiny. Their defensive personnel is not good anymore. They made life tough for Westbrook. Paul George is kind of weird. So... Now that he doesn't have the perfect role, it's about figuring out the shot distribution on a night-to-night basis. Now they can't really play as fast. It's a mess. Zubats is playing the worst basketball he's played in years. And you know what? This is the bed they have to fucking lay in. I'm happy this is happening. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not happy this is happening. But it is somewhat satisfying because of the way how personal people are getting it about my opinion on this. You know, you don't want to see the Clippers succeed. You're just a hater of Harden. You're just emotional. You don't know the ball, you fucking casual. Dude, regardless of if this ends up working out, when I'm like, I don't even know what that means. We're not going to win the championship. I can promise you that. 
unless we make some kind of move of some sort. Um, it was just ridiculous what people were saying. You, you couldn't realize where I was coming from. The difference is I don't think just stacking talent is what wins championships. You've never seen that kind of stuff work without building something first. We had nine games of Russ and Paul George and Kawhi together. We were on a four-game winning streak, and then Paul George got hurt. We start this season off with a full training camp with Russ, with a full training camp with Bones, with Mason. Everybody had a defined role and a role that fit them. And I think if you just get a little bit of luck, and you know what that luck was? Having an easy start to the season. Easy schedule, I should say. You have Kawhi and Paul healthy, and you start building those habits as a defensive team and getting the most out of everyone, then maybe just you can get what we always thought this team could be. But we didn't even let that happen. We didn't even give it 10 games. Lawrence Frank, Ballmer, everybody has to be held accountable to me. I know it's early, but it's going to take time. Even this, if this ends up being good, it's going to take time. Because we're too small, and we're asking too much of our best players to guard, and they're not even a great fit together offensively anyway. But you know what? It's making me look good, because I said this with conviction, and I've never wavered. I've seen it. I, I studied, like... Man, people just don't understand. Like, I care too much about basketball. Like, I spend too much time on this stuff, studying that. What kind of other person, not, not to sound arrogant or anything, but what kind of other person would really go back and care so much about these GOAT debates that he would go back to the 1956 and try to watch every game that exists from that point forward and ever? It's going to take me years, man, but I'm so determined to do this. You know, I just want to, I just, and I love, you know, I'm coaching the game, keep trying to play the game, like, I'm all about it, man. Basketball has opened up so many doors for me in life and made me so many friends. So, like, I have so much to thank. It's always been there for me. So, it means a lot. You know, I put everything into this, sometimes too much into this. So, when I say things, it, I, I, yeah, I don't like James Harden, but that's not all of why I'm against it. Like, I still ultimately want to see the Clippers win a ring. And if we didn't have a third star and Harden was to come in in that third star, be that third star, even though I don't like him, I think that's a good role for him, and I still think he's a good player, and I would put my emotions aside and hope he can just be not annoying as fuck to watch like he used to be. But we had Russ. We recruited him. It was a big deal, and I was wrong about it. It's just it's just a garbage convention. Let's go to the Lakers, who were in their third, you know, three-game losing streak. And they're playing the Suns in the in-season tournament. By the way, that Clipper game was the in-season tournament's first game, group game. I mean, listen, I'm a huge soccer fan. Everybody knows that. But um, this is so imitation soccer, and it's not even like an accurate version. Anyway, the Lakers and the Suns, I was so dazed by the Clipper game, I couldn't really pay attention the first half. But what I did notice was KD was a beast. Bradley Beal was playing. This is my first time watching Bradley Beal play this season in a Suns jersey. I heard he just came back last game. And he was cooking. He had this crazy, oh, my God, this crazy combo against Christian Wood at the end of the first half. Hit him with the mean snatchback, Hezzy. Oh, it was beautiful. Bradley Beal, KD, but you also saw Austin Reeves come off the bench in this game. Lakers going with a little bit more of a defensive-minded unit with Torian Prince, Cam Reddish. So you got everybody in that lineup, 6'3 or over. Well, that was already the case, but you have basically more size. You're replacing Austin Reeves and putting him in that sixth-man role with 
Cam Reddish. Now that Cam Reddish and Torian Prince are both healthy together again. And you know what? It paid off. The Laker defense looked better, especially down the stretch. Austin Reeves had one of his best games of the season, 15 points, 7 dimes, on 6-for-11 shooting, and 2-for-4 from 3. Only got to the line one time, made the free throw, and he played 35 minutes. So he still got starter minutes, but he came off the bench and got to run that second unit. And I thought that was a pretty solid adjustment, and after winning a game like this, you are probably going to see them stick with that. And half the Lakers' wins have come against the Suns so far. Lakers 2-0 and against them. And the first quarter, though, was all Suns. They were up 34-25. They were up 8 after the first half, 55-63. And then I started paying a little more attention. Anthony Davis started out slow, missing a lot of shots offensively, but still still a presence defensively, but you weren't getting a very, very aggressive AD. LeBron, though, man, how well is he playing to start this season? This, this guy just does not age. I can't believe it. It's one-of-a-kind athlete, one-of-a-kind player. The ability to just get to the rim still. He's still so strong. He just bullies everyone. And when his jumper's falling, it's impossible to guard him. And he was rolling tonight. Absolutely rolling. And I thought he was on the ball a lot more. Because now that you take a ball handler out of the starting lineup with Austin Reeves, now you just it's, it's simple. Now you got D'Lo and LeBron handling the ball. And AD will be the screen setter roller. Sometimes you give him the ball to initiate as well. Cam Reddish and Torian Prince, strictly off ball. Simples, everybody gets in rhythm a lot easier. Including D'Lo maybe, and including Reeves. So maybe this is the adjustment that unlocks what the Lakers need. Rui Hachimura, what a great feeling it must be for Laker fans to see him back because he's been really good in these two games. I watched the game against Houston. You can catch my live talking about it in the last video, or last episode. Tonight, seven points, three rebounds, four steals, including an interception and going and finish with him going all the way in the fourth quarter. He was three for six in the game, one for three from deep. The Lakers outscored the Suns 34-33 in the third, but it was really the fourth quarter where the Suns kind of collapsed and started turning the ball over way too much. And the Laker defense was really sharp. And I got to give a shout-out to Cam Reddish. The way he guarded Kevin Durant in this game moving his feet, staying strong, and the way he's defended so far this season has been awesome. And it's kind of crazy. Cam Reddish, who's been this outcast, he was so hyped up in college with Duke. And he's been this outcast in Atlanta, New York, Portland. Now he's on the biggest team of them all, the Lakers, in the biggest role and the best team. And he is thriving right now. Great defense at the end of the game, and then the big three to seal it. And I think that possession really made the difference. The Lakers got a bunch of offensive rebounds, and you saw the Suns. I mean, they were a little small. They had Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, and Bradley Beal in the game with Kevin Durant and Nurkic, and the Lakers just had more size out there. Christian Wood, I've been so impressed with his defense so far this season. Uh, Had a block in this game again, five points, nine boards in 18 minutes. He was two for five from the field, shot one three, and made it. Lakers also got Jackson Hayes back in this game. Only played five minutes, but good to get him back. So, yeah, the Lakers getting 29 points off their bench. The Suns getting 23 points off their bench. So not too much of a difference there, but it actually kind of ended up being the difference. The starting lineup for the Suns was Grayson Allen, Bradley Beal, Keita Bates-Diop, Kevin Rand, and Yusuf Nurkic. Josh Okogie now coming off the bench. So they replaced... Josh Okogie with Keita Bates-Diop in that starting lineup. He had 11 points on five uh, and five rebounds. 
on four for 11 shooting and one for six from deep. The Suns shot 45% from the field and 40.5% from three. The Lakers shot 50% from the field despite shooting 10 less shots and 44% from three. So finally, the Lakers had a good three-point shooting game. Uh, And it starts with Cam Reddish, who was five for eight from deep. LeBron, three for four. And Austin Reeves, two for four. So those guys carrying the load three-point-wise for the Lakers, finally having a good game from three. And they also shot 34 free throws. The Suns shot 27. Suns shot 74% from the line. Lakers, 76.5% from the line. The fourth quarter was the Lakers. They took it over and they won the game with it. They outscored the Suns 33-23. to It starts on the defensive end. Kevin Durant, I mean, two games against the Lakers have been close and he didn't get the job done, even though he was awesome in this game, I'm not going to lie. 38 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 turnovers though. 13 for 27 from the field, 4 for 6 from 3, and 8 for 10 from the line. Honestly, I've loved the way KD's played this season. He's been forced to carry... But he's been taking it uh, uh, on the chin and playing hard. And he's still so spectacular to watch. I think he's still a top 10 player in this league. Suns, though, losing at 122 to 119. Four and five on the season. One and three at home. Yusuf Nurkic had 14 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. So a pretty solid game for him. But defensively, doesn't scare anybody. Four for eight from the field. Two for three from deep for Nurkic. Four for seven from the line. Bradley Beal. He doesn't really guard, but offensively he was very nice. 24 points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals, two turnovers. Nine for 17 from the field. Two for four from three. Four for six from the line. Kept it efficient, both from the field and three. But yeah, I was again. I watch these games more from a Lakers perspective because it's the LA channel. So, on the Lakers side, did what it took to win. Anthony Davis got much better in the second half, by the way, much better. Grayson Allen, by the way, nine points, nine rebounds, four assists, decent game for him. Four for eight from the field, one for four from three. Though Suns struggle, actually not struggling from deep because Eric Gordon was three for four from deep. EJ five for nine from the field, thirteen points for him off the bench for Phoenix, but the Lakers got to talk about the starters. Let's start with Torian Prince, seven points, the dagger, uh, uh, attacking the closeout and finishing. He was three for eight from the field. Didn't have his three ball going. He was 0 for four from that distance, but defensively was solid. Then you had Cam Reddish. What a game for him. 17 points, three rebounds, three steals, no turnovers, Five for ten from the field, and f- all those makes were threes. Five for eight from three for Reddish. Two for two from the line. What a game for him. What a season he's having so far. And the big three ball to give the Lakers a nice cushion. D'Angelo Russell. Much better game here than last, uh, not last night, than Wednesday. 19 points, three rebounds, and nine assists, and only one turnover for D'Lo. Without reason, that starting lineup, he got to handle the ball and pick and roll a little bit more. Was doing well. Shot 50%, 6 for 12 from the field. 0 for 3 from deep, so he still continues to struggle from 3. Once that gets going, it'll be big time for him. 7 for 9 from the line, though, so you'll love to see that as a Laker fan, him getting to the free throw line. Speaking of getting to the free throw line, how about LeBron James? The player of the game for me. It's been amazing this season. 32 points. 11 boards, 
Six assists, including a big turnaround over the right shoulder late in the game. Swish. 11 for 17 from the field. Three for four from deep. His free throws, though, weren't that great in this one. Seven for 11 from the line in 36 minutes. So playing a good amount of minutes. Then AD. Got a lot better in the second half. 18 points, 11 rebounds. He got the double-double. Four of those offensive rebounds, including one of those late in the game on that possession I was talking about. Four assists on five for 14 shooting. No three-point attempts, which I like. Eight for eight from the line. So you like to see AD hitting his free throws. Laker fans, let me know who you think the best player for the Lakers has been so far this season through nine games. Has it been LeBron or has it been AD? But a big win for the Lakers, probably their best of the season so far. They move on to 4-5 and five on the year, 1-5 and five on the road. Their first road win of the season. The Suns are also 4-5 and five overall, but there we go. Next game, the Lakers and the Clippers have a Sunday game where the Clippers get the JV treatment. Lakers get the VAR treatment. Clippers play at 12-30 against the Teddy Bears, who are 1-8. and eight. I will be there getting the vlog of James Harden's first game as a clipper at home james harden's first clipper home game wow and then lakers and blazers at seven o'clock the blazers are three and five obviously time lord ruled out for the remainder of the season tough to hear man wish him the best celtics dodged the bullet there lakers playing against the blazers that should be a win at home i think they'll get the job done especially with the wind coming off a win like that you got some momentum so we'll see it should be two la wins on sunday but, man, with the Clippers right now, you can't predict anything. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Peace.